None of that. These days are planned to have rejoicing in you and expectation of good. No matter what uh, happens around us, we expect good at all times. So we thank you for the expectation of good that's uh, uh, already in this day. And we honor you and we love you for it. Father, just open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, our minds to be receptive, and our our uh, plans to be of you. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Chuck, where are you sneaking off to already? We I ain't even got started enough for you to get bored. Hurry back to us, Chuck. Thank you. Amen. Oh no, I gotta mess with Chuck if I don't do nothing else during the off. Oh, but anyway. So today we're gonna talk about uh I, I wasn't sure what title to give this, but day by day. That's that's how we are to live. Amen. remember you try to act like you don't remember that but i was in church that is a church song thank you from the 60s but anyway (laughs) amen so uh amen so that's what we're going to talk about day by day amen (laughs) how to live for god i believe the best way to live for him is one day at a time day by day give us this day and just to uh, live your life at a pace with God. See, when you live a day at a time, you're living at God's pace. You're not ahead of him. You're not behind. 
You're always on time with a daily living uh, mindset in how to conquer each day. Because I believe there is a place where you are victorious in every day. I don't think days just go by kind of passively. There's challenges to every day. I mean, even if you're not doing anything you consider to be earth-shattering, there is a challenge that comes. Some For some people, it's just a challenge of keeping a godly routine. You know, I mean, you don't have to be doing anything earth-shattering uh, to be challenged by the enemy. Sometimes it is a challenge to hold on to your possessions, hold on to your loved ones, the things that you hold dear. Uh, that is the challenge because this is a warfare. It's it's a very quiet one very often. Uh, it's one where there's no, um, it's not a natural warfare, it's a spiritual warfare. So it's carried out in a unique manner, but there is a, a warfare that we fight every day. And that is to continue to, to position ourselves in God's kingdom to take our, take our stand in the things of God to complete the, the uh, task that he set before us and to be a daily goal setter. I think it's excellent to set goals for what in God for what you're going to accomplish. Sometimes your goal in God is just to stop doing what you've been doing and sit down and rest. You got me? And And consider him. Amen. And allow him to be God in your life and for him to call the shots, for him to uh, do all of the things that he wants to do in your life. That that sometimes can be a real challenge for some of us because uh, we, we are determined to stay busy sometimes with some kind of crazy business that we ain't got no business doing in the first business, see? <laughs> business, business, business. And so it's amazing how we can create a bunch of nonsense to get involved in if we don't have divine guidance, if we don't have a purpose, a goal, and a plan that we are aware of. I think about some of the revelations and teachings that have been released to God's people uh, in recent years. And I, when, when I say recent years, I mean the years that I have been saved. And aware of, uh, things pertaining to God's kingdom. And the idea of God putting us here for a purpose has, was new to us before the 1990s. I mean, as of the 1990s. We had some teachers who were very, very, uh, uh, proficient in understanding and breaking it down and getting us to understand. But for, for years, Christians walked around aimlessly with no understanding of what they were here for. And if you don't really have purpose and direction and and a firm uh, footing in life, you're going to veer off and pick up ideas that don't come from God. It's like sometimes Christians think their purpose is just go to church. Oh, go to church twice a week. See, that's when you're real spiritual. Go to church, pay tithes twice a week and offering at the Wednesday service. Boy, you you got it, mate. You have done your duty over and above. Amen. And we had a lot of people validating that that was all there was to it. If we would have a person that wanted to give their testimony and, and get people saved, they were looked at suspiciously in the church. 
now i've been to churches where if you come in and you bring too many people with you people that you have gotten saved during the week and you say come on go to church with me you you need to be in a good church they looked at you like well they get ready to start their own church you better watch them they're gonna be stealing the sheep pretty soon you see what i'm saying so the idea of purpose is new that's all i'm telling you that to, to tell you this and anything that's new if the devil can kill it before it gets strong and gets rooted then he'll kill it you know we have people coming in church all the time they get in trouble they come they want god and the minute they get in their purpose gets diverted now really your purpose when you come into assembly of god is to learn and to get to understand god to get to know who god is to get to know who you are in relationship to god's overall plan but it's amazing that people will get saved you know in in the church leadership will pray them out of trouble and they start coming and then all of a sudden it's about them again i will preach to them bricks so help me huh see it gets to be about you when you're mad because people don't whatever it is that you want let's see <laughs> fill in the blanks huh and you don't know what you want from day to day you understand what i'm saying and so it's it's amazing how that can turn around so quickly and we get to be self-serving again once we have stepped into the the kingdom and, and understand that that we have a divine purpose understand that there are souls out there waiting on us to mature so that we can be soul winners amen (laughs) now you can give your testimony when you're a brand new christian but that doesn't make you a soul winner i must say it again see you can give your testimony when you're a brand new christian but that does not make you a soul winner wisdom makes you a soul winner and you won't get it getting mad at everybody in the church every time you don't have your way. You got me? That's baby stuff. So you're going to have to tough it out just like you ask anybody in the church. Did you have to tough out them days when you thought nobody liked you? Because they didn't all bow down when you walked in that front door? Huh? If you're still here, you tough those days out. Amen? And so, Amen. And see, the devil wants to knock us out at 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 first base. You know, I'm running for extra innings right now. You know, I'd have been around the bases so many times. I'm going around now. I'm getting extra innings. Amen. And so he wants to knock you out before you get your real that bad. So if offenses is something that keeps you moving. I got news for you. If you don't conquer that, you're going to be moving forever. And I'm talking not just from church to church, but person to person, relationship to relationship, family to family, all of that. You, 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 you win souls when you gain wisdom. You got me? I remember when, uh, uh, there, there are people who have ministries where they kind of built the ministry around the testimony. And, and God always wants you to, to give your testimony especially when you stand before his people they've got to know 
that you officially, amen, conquered and you are truly born again. You're part of the household of faith. But you will never be a total soul winner until you move from the level of testimony to wisdom in your testimony and understanding how to minister that so that it reaches more people. See, immature people can turn more people off with their testimony than on. You got me? And so a real soul winner is somebody who who is wise, who has grown, who has matured, who's endured who's withstood, stood fast, having done all to stand and stand some more. Because this is something where God's got to know that you are dedicated to him, that you are given over to him, and that you are going to do whatever he tells you to do. So this is a season where God is weeding out people that are wishy-washy, don't want to withstand, weak in the day of battle. Amen. He's building uh, toughness in his soldiers. Amen. Just the ability to stand and, and withstand and not be moved. And so our purpose is developed in our obedience to God to follow him wherever he leads us. And once we get there, just don't be moved by anything. Amen. Just just don't let the devil push you around. Don't let him convince you that you need to be doing something else. That there's something better you need to do with your time. Amen. But learn how to withstand. Even if the grass looks greener elsewhere. If that if that ain't your grass, you're gonna get sick trying to eat it. You understand what I'm saying? You will. You'll be throwing up all over the place. You won't be able to digest it. It just ain't your food. Amen. And so I don't care how many times you bless it. Some things is for you. Some things ain't for you. Amen. You got to learn how to withstand and know what's for you and stay in that place. And so when God starts talking about divine purpose, that expands our vision beyond just where we live, our little household, our little friends, our little this, our little that. Because trying to uh, uh, win people over and over and over again will wear people out who are around you. Amen. It's like if, if parents, if you're bringing your kids to, to church, beyond having a, a, a home prayer and home Bible study with them, things of that nature, let God grow them up the rest of the way. You know, you plant into their their hearts, you plant word into them, and then let God nurture and mature that word. See, you're not there to beat them and make them obey God according to your what you think they ought to be doing. And so wisdom will will say, well, okay, God, my family is is in the ark. What am I to do now? You see what I'm saying? What other areas I'm expanding my view. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. We got a whole lot more conquering to do. And, and that's part of wisdom in God. That's part of knowing God. That's part of understanding who we are and what our purpose is in the earth. There, there are so many, I, I just, I say all the time, if, if the, if every church that is in existence taught people their purpose and taught them how to be soul winners, and how to win the lost, we wouldn't have as much trouble as we have in this nation or any place else in the earth. Amen? Because we're not all walking in our purpose, but I think if we can attack 
the challenges of life a day at a time. Just do today what is before you to do today. Then we'll be on time with God. You'll be walking in agreement with God. You'll be walking in, in lockstep with him. And you will have more contentment, uh, more, you know, you, the devil will be able to bug you less about what you ain't doing. You see what I'm saying? He will be able to bug you a lot less about things like that if we'll just go ahead and do what the Lord wants us to do. Amen. And so uh, it's always a good thing to to understand how God wants us to uh, how how he wants to challenge us, how he expects us to confront the things that go on in life. But understand this. He has a purpose for you on a daily basis. And we need to stay in, in, in that mindset so that we're, we're in step with him. You're not concerned about what you don't do right and what you didn't do yesterday, but you're concerned more about pleasing God and what's he got for me today and what can I do today. So in Philippians chapter four, if you'll turn there, we'll, we'll start there and get an understanding of God's mindset. I always say Philippians is the uh, rejoicing, feel good, and don't worry about nothing epistle. And and I thank God that there is uh, uh, some writings in the Bible that have that flavor to them uh, because there are some challenges. But this one tells us how to live on a daily basis, how, what, how to keep a healthy mindset before God and how to how to make it, you know, how to endure to the end. So uh, Philippians uh, 4, it starts in verse 4, uh, 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And that joyfulness in the Lord, amen, not in somebody else's misfortune, but rejoice in the Lord, amen, always, amen. That means whatever God's happy about, you get happy about it. Whatever God's not happy about, you take on his attitude and say, God, what do I do about it? Amen. But rejoice in the Lord always and, and rejoice in that you are in the Lord. Rejoice in that God has a good plan for you that never changes. Rejoice in that God never changes his mind about loving you and, pres- and providing for you, taking care of not only you, but those you love. I mean, there's an overflow to this life. And I believe once we understand the power of joy in our lives, you know the devil hates joy. You look at the devil's people and see how angry and upset they are. Amen. Worldwide. Everybody who loves the devil and loves iniquity is, is upset because Christians have joy. The, 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 the worst thing you can do is let the devil steal it from you. Amen. So that you go around with his kind of countenance all the time. So that's why Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. He said, I don't care where you're being led to, where you're on your way to. He says, and I'm going to say it again. Amen. Again, I say rejoice. Then he says, let your moderation or your contentment, your peacefulness, your not being frazzled by anything. Let that be known to all men. Amen. Amen. If you if you have a tendency to let your hair stand on in, get you a wig for them days. Amen. Get you a calm wig to pull on. I'm just making a suggestion. Now this ain't this ain't coming from God. This this 
But get you a peaceful looking wig, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Them days when you wish you didn't have to go to work, wish you didn't have to do stuff. Just, you know, get yourself together. Amen. Amen. God's got help for everything. Amen. Just say, say, God, let me put on my peaceful wig. Wait a minute. I'm, huh? Put the do-rag on the rest of this and put that wig on top and we read it for the day. Huh? Amen. So, amen. You got to do some things. Help yourself out a little bit. So he said, let your moderation be known unto all men. Because the Lord is at hand. He's watching. So we're not to fly off the handle. We're not to go tell nobody off and get, you know, get ready, get set for, 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 uh, carnal battle. Amen. But just walk in the spirit at all times. And then he says, be careful or anxious for nothing. He said, don't get nervous for nothing. Amen. But in everything, here's your, this is the reason that you, you are not anxious. You have to take care of things that would make you anxious. See, he wouldn't tell you just make yourself not be anxious. He ain't saying that. He said when things come up, because they will. See, if you live your life believing stuff's not going to happen, you just, you know, I mean, and I'm not here. I'm not saying look forward to trouble, but I'm saying just accept the fact that it comes to everybody. So that you're, you're half of, half, you're half the way there when you can accept that you're going to have your share. But, always put the but in there. God has an immediate remedy for you. Amen. And what he says is come tell me about it. He said, I didn't put you down here to worry. You come tell me about it. Amen. He says, be anxious for nothing. He said, but in all things, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. You know why Paul put that in there? Because he knew somebody would come to tell you, that's the wrong way to pray. That ain't no faith on that. How you, you can't, God ain't going, you got to do the 15 steps to glory. That brother mismatched socks is preaching today. See what I'm saying? Oh, oh yeah. He ain't got no sense of Pick two socks that look alike, but he's going to tell you 15 steps to get your prayers answered when you've been doing okay all this time. Don't you love it? Where somebody will tell you quit doing something and God's already working on you with that, you know, already honoring what you do. But he says prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Amen. Prayer is just talking to God, petitioning him according to his will. We all know that. We're not talking about not going to the word, not knowing what God will do in situations. But sometimes you can go to him not knowing what he's going to do. Anybody ever been taken to court? See, once you get it beyond the prayer room and over in the Caesar's jurisdiction, you may not be sure what's going to happen. Huh? And that's when you go to crying and bawling, God, please. Woo, God. Please, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Glory. So you make sure you hit everything. See what I'm saying? (laughs) The shotgun effect. Just hit everything. Amen. Hit everything you can hit until you get to this place where he says, 
and the peace of God. See, to me, verse 6 means uh, no holds are barred. You ever seen wrestling like that MMA wrestling stuff that they do? That's one of them things. You know, you whatever you throw at can throw at the devil, you throw at him. That's verse 6 gives you permission to ball and squall. Oh, God, I ain't going to do it no more. Yes, I will. No, I won't. Yes, you will. No, I will. I mean it, God, this time. I really, really mean it this time. I mean it them other times, but the devil. Oh, see, you will but the devil. So verse 6 is your permission to put it out there the best way you can. Huh? If you're still angry, God will back you up and tell you, now listen, I can't hear when you're doing all that stuff. You wrestle it out the best way you know how. Because when you're really desperate, you can't remember nobody's 15 steps to thin anyway. Huh? You know, sometimes you're running in a hurry. You miss the first three steps, but you don't know how you hit the bottom. You got I got to the bottom. But you wrestle it out until you get peace. See, the, the most important thing is not the 15 steps to answer prayer, but it's number seven. See, if you miss one through ten and hit number, and hit it to number seven and you got peace and you know you've left it there in the, in the throne room, where God can, you walk away with his peace. You got what you came for. You didn't come for an instant miracle. You came for peace. Some bad news come in there and disturb your peace. You need your peace back. You don't need God to. Huh? You got to have that. So Paul says when you hit that note of peace, the kind that. See, this is the piece that said when he says passes all understanding, it's like you, you got the, the summons in the mail this morning and you've been whining for 14 hours straight before God. Now, I won't say 14. Most of y'all can. Well, however long it takes. Now you your peace is reestablished. So he says the kind that passes all understanding is this. You can go and look at that summons and it don't move you no more. You can think about the worst case scenario of this this court action and it don't move you no more. See, that's when you made it. That's the piece that passes all understanding. Because it's beyond. And see, we test these things out. Don't tell me we don't. Because you'll sit up there and you'll try to conjure up a nervous feeling about it again. I'm preaching in bricks, if y'all. Now I know I ain't the only crazy person or former crazy person in here. I am healed. But I remember bricks. When I used to think about stuff all day long to see if it would upset me again, it never did. So you got to test the peace out yourself. Your peace becomes an umpire. 
you know an umpire is right he guards the the bases in your baseball game if a ball comes by there he guards over it he said that wasn't right ball one huh he looks at everything that comes over the base home base of your life strike two huh I used somebody made a video one time of all the umpires that had their funny moves. That's cute. You know they do all kinds of. That that's the umpire school. They tell you, well, you know, you have to get your own style of how you do it. They go, <laughs> and then they go up to the plate and go pop, you know, like that. And, yeah, the strike. They got to go up to the plate and do it right in front of everybody. But but they they. They are judges. They have to to make a decision and make a decree about what happened over that plate. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit, he's the peace of God umpires your life. He lets you know that thought wasn't right, Barb. You get that out. You cast that down and you think this way and you'll hold on to me, which is peace. And see, when you have to go to court or whatever it is, you don't go until you got peace with me. If you got to pray for a delay, 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 you keep praying for them. Don't be ever be anxious to get somewhere and get something over with. Because the devil's got something waiting for you when you get in the door. It'll get over with in God's time. Sometimes you got to learn how to endure and hold on. You understand what I'm saying? Because anybody can go and face their their uh, accusers immediately, huh? But God says just agree with your adversary quickly. That's all you got to do. Is you know, devil say, well, what kind of Christian are you, Barb? Who would talk like that? You know what, devil? You're right about that. That wasn't right. I said, but you just hold on a minute because I got somebody who can tell you something about me you don't know. And make him shut up. He's still waiting up for me to send him somebody to this day for some things he's accused me of. Huh? Because he that retarded. So he says, when you, once you get your peace, you maintain it this way. Verse 8. Finally, brethren. What he means, if I can't tell you no better than this, let me tell you this much. You maintain your peace and composure that God has taken care of this for you and you don't have to worry about it anymore. By thinking on those things, in other words, don't sit up and start trying to conjure stuff up that's not a problem. Think about things that are true, pure, anything true, good report, lovely, praiseworthy, thankworthy, and honest. You think on that kind of stuff. And and let your peace abide. Let his peace abide with you. It abides in a healthy soul. Amen? And so when your soul is healthy, you think on healthy things. Amen? This is the best food you health food you can ever take. You know? I don't know about all that. You ever wonder about that organic thing? Now, what does that really mean? It means different things to different people. But what they're hoping is when you see it on something, 
you'll pay the extra money for it because you think it's better. That's all they're concerned about. Okay, I'm going to go back to what I started. (laughs) So we need to know that God has ordained peace for us. Amen. There is an ordained peace for our lives. But it comes by the understanding that we are not to borrow trouble from day to day. We're not to borrow concerns. We're not to conjure up concerns of the past and bring them into today. I don't care how many people say you need inner healing. Your innards are healed. Your outards is healed. Your innards is healed. You just need to renew your mind to it. Just accept the truth and renew your mind to it. Huh? I'm telling you, over the years, I've seen them come and go, all these different movements of the, and I see people dredging up old stuff that, that really didn't have much substance to it at all and try to rehash it for now. But see, the way, the realm we live in now, spiritually speaking, is a realm of sorting out information. You understand, it's because of the the uh, uh, abundance of information that's out here. See, you can go on social media and find out things. Remember when you had to go to the library to look in the encyclopedia? Now all you got to do is go on your phone. So there's information abounding. And see, if you're stuck in, I keep messing up with God because I need inner healing. You're going to get run over by the information. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're going to have to sort it out real quick now. So in, in beside your phone, you're going to have to have a real paper Bible. And not your app, because you can go over that real quick and then go back to social media. But see, if you're still waiting on some some treatment to happen to you as a Christian before you can start really living for God, well, I got news for you. That ain't coming. Because if you can't accept by faith the fact that you're healed inside and out, and what you need to do is embrace that truth, whatsoever things are true, think on those things. Huh? But see, Barbie, you don't understand. I was, don't tell me what you was. Because I'll tell you right now, if you're born again, that person died on the cross. It's not alive anymore. That's just an old relic that you're holding on to. Carrying a corpse around with you. They get heavy after a while. They begin to stink after a while. See, you can't continue to, to blame current bad behavior on past misfortune. Not if you're going to survive in this day and age. You're going to have to be quick to repent. You're going to have to be quick to move on. You're going to have to be quick to kiss that old stuff goodbye. Or you're going to get run over. devil will run you over with the, the dead body of the person you used to be. So we got to... Buck up, tighten up, huh? 
and keep going at it a day at a time. I can tell you one thing that God does not provide for in every day, and that is lamenting your past. There's no provision for that. Now, he'll take care of you. He loves you, but he's not going to coddle you as long as you're trying to live in something that he died for you to get rid of. God be like, you know, what you talking about that? Don't you know yet? Have you not heard? (laughs) Do you not know? Huh? That's the good news. That you don't have to take a dead body around with you all the time. You don't have to try to get healed from something that happened to a dead person. If you're dead to it, it don't bother you anymore. That's why the Bible says reckon yourself dead. Yeah, you had all that happen to you, all that happened to you, but uh, draw a line and add it all up. D-E-A-D. And let it go. So, so your daily provision is a provision of life. It's provision of health. It's a provision of kingdom activities. All things related to the new life are here for you in your daily provision. You can't worry about why certain things didn't happen for you that you thought were supposed to happen for you and they didn't happen for you amen amen you know i i god showed me one time he says you know you have an appointment with certain things and he says if if you you can't say you missed something if i never gave you an appointment for it see you're appointed once to die after that to judgment well well among that there are certain other appointed things to us. Now, there's by covenant, there are things that are available as possibilities, but you don't know if you have an appointment for. So, how can you be disappointed about anything unless you know you had an appointment with it and you missed it? And if you missed it, you got to know if it's coming back around again. While you sitting up feeling bad about missing it, you know, guess what? There's another bus coming. You got to know there's another bus coming. You got to get that from God. You understand what I'm saying? Our lazy people want to get everything hearsay, but you got to get it from a, a close-up eyewitness. Somebody knows what they're talking about that's speaking up on your behalf. And you have to get that from God. There are certain things I wanted out of life. They just didn't seem to fit in. You understand what I'm saying? There's some things that at the time you start pressing for them don't fit. It's like a square peg in a round hole. That don't fit your life no more. And then you got to find out if God has ordained another bus to bring it around. And then you got to get at the bus stop at the right time. Whatever kept you missing the bus the first time is probably going to keep you missing it. See, people don't like it when you tell them that. You know, they go around making excuses. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't get this in my young days and I didn't get, well, you about to miss the bus again. 
sitting up talking about it and feeling bad about it. As a Christian, you you have no time to feel bad about anything you think you missed. Because the day will come when you see a, a video of your life and realize, well, I was spent my life trying to get to that bus stop. It was never supposed, it wasn't even on my route. People beat you up. You didn't go to college. You didn't do the UAB either. If you did, they didn't teach you no manners. You ain't God. How you gonna tell me what I was supposed to do? I tell you one thing, I might have missed that, but I ain't missing heaven. And I'm not missing taking as many people with me as I can. Important stuff. It's just true. You don't even know if that was on your dance card. Huh? Well, I went to the class reunion. And, you know, Johnny was there, and he didn't dance with me at the prom. Well, you, you're 80 years old. Go dance with Johnny, okay? Be anxious for nothing. Don't let sweat break out on your brow for anything you think you might have missed in this life of ours that the Bible says is like a vapor. If we're vapor people, how you gonna do all this stuff? You you know, just just don't don't get all worked up about that. And don't keep bugging God about explanations for stuff. Huh? Just know that some things are not appointed to you. You know, if people make you think you can go through that Bible and, and shop, home shopping club, everything, every promise in there, and it belongs to you. Man, how are you going to do that? You're going to need so many miracles, resurrection miracles. to You'd have to live 15 lives to get a lot of this stuff. Huh? Now listen, I'm not a, against you making millions and being a millionaire. But for me myself, I'm going to have to marry into it, and I know that. Huh? I'm going to have to marry into some millions. Oh, don't look at me like I'm like that. I am like that. So what you going to do about it? It's bad to say me too. (laughs) Huh? And I'm just very open to whatever God has for me along those lines. You got me? Other than that, I ain't wasting my time trying to figure out how I'm going to. Come on now. So your everyday grind pushes you to become anxious about the future, how you spend your time. You know why? Because the world is. Just like Israel, when they, they the, the neighbors they had that were worldly people served the Baals, eventually they started picking that up too. And so the world we live in is is very much concerned. You know, the Lord's changed your countenance, Miss Avis. 
He has. He says the old Avis is back. She is. And he says in spite of how you might feel from day by day, I can prophesy and sing, but I won't. I'll spare everybody. You know, in spite of how you might feel day to day, he says, he said, I am the health of your countenance. He said, you've received that, and I've brought that health back to you. Amen? All right, sweetie. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. So this day-to-day grind can push us to become anxious about the future and how we spend our time. Don't be anxious about how you spend your time. Just put your time in God's hands and you'll spend it correctly. We're always, the our mental condition will try to interfere with God's plan. In other words, your mind is always asking you, can I wait? When will it happen? How long will it take? Then we try to rush through things that God has promised that he will give to us in due season and it's guaranteed. If if we don't move at his pace, we develop a pace of our own. And we're always either ahead of him or behind him if we develop our own pace. So this is very, very important for us. Day by day is his plan for all humanity. God visited uh, Adam in the cool of the day, apparently every day. Because every day, because that's a biblical pattern. See, it would have had to start it in the garden for it to be a pattern in later times. So apparently God met with Adam every day. The Bible says in the cool of the day. That is, it, it, there was a, a, a sun up and sun down when he met with Adam. So what, what that meant was God met with Adam under peaceful conditions. And he met with him when his work was over. Yes, Adam worked before he fell. He put him in the garden. He said, tend the garden. That means get out, get you a, a, a rake, a shovel or something. Do something, Adam. But he knew what he was supposed to do. What he did, he did by his word. He did by his faith. Did under instruction in God and confidence in God. And then when his work was over, when he was at rest and he didn't have stuff on his mind that he had yet to do, God would appear and and talk with him and walk with him and strengthen him for the next day. And so that's the pattern God wants to develop with us. He allows us to get our plan for each day, a day ahead, by talking to him. Some people get an understanding early in the morning, but sometimes we have what we think are things left over from the day before that we didn't get done, but that's really your day ahead planning. So, you know, look at it differently. It's not leftover work. If you see it as leftover work all the time, you always be rushing to catch up. That's really your portion for that day. That ain't leftover. If if you were supposed to get it done, God saw to it, you got it done. But most people need something to look forward to the next day to get motivated to get up. 
I don't know. It makes sense to me. But you know what I'm saying. It just, so instead of getting in a rush about it, because oh, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that. I, I, I. That's just your portion for this day. Amen. To get done. And if you'll commit it to the Lord and ask his guidance and his help with it, he'll make sure you get it done. Amen. It will get done. If not today, then it's tomorrow's portion. You got me? Amen. Now, try to run that by, by your boss and see how it flies, but I'm just telling you. Yeah, that's the way I see it. You know, I had to be gospel, but amen. So, God desires to reveal our lives to us in a set way, a way that he knows we can enjoy it and it'll work for us, and that's on a daily basis. Amen. Psalm 90, verse 12 says, wisdom comes from understanding the numbering of our days. So you get wisdom by understanding how God's planned your day out already and numbering your days. In other words, you've got a certain number of years to get certain things accomplished. You've got a certain number of, of days to get certain things accomplished as you get that from God. But if you get on the world's calendar, you're going to get messed up somehow. So you have to get these things and these ideas from God. So that you'll understand how uh, to do these things. Amen. Sometimes people live paycheck to paycheck. You're supposed to live day by day. You know, uh, my daddy used to say, you know, he said people could live if they get over the weekend. Huh? We can't get over the weekend. (laughs) He knew what he was talking about. Because that's for people who live Friday to Friday, paycheck to paycheck. When they get paid, they forget all the bills and because they've been so looking forward. Huh? Huh? My husband was saying when he was younger, he said, I, I, he said, yeah, he said, we, I, I worked at a place where we got paid every other week. And he said, he said, I was so, and then he changed to another job. I was so happy. I found it. I had new money every Friday. So they got paid weekly, do money every Friday. And so uh, in, in sometimes people, they're programmed. Oh, Blue Monday, remember that? Don't find it, okay? Uh, and then they get, you know, it hump Wednesday, hump day, right? This is dragging all. And God said, that ain't what I got planned for you. I planned every day for you to rejoice and be glad in it. You don't live from paycheck to paycheck, week to week, from depression to, to, you know, you get depressed all on Monday and make it hump to hump day and then you rejoice on Friday and Monday you're back depressed again. Well, you only had a couple of days where maybe not even that. Cause if you spend everything on Friday, you back depressed on Saturday. You- you was you was playing uh who on Friday? I ain't even looking at you, Alicia, because I know it's gonna, it's gonna get me in trouble on the internet. Amen. But on Wednesday morning it was Muddy Waters singing the blues. I mean Saturday morning, you had one good time. That was payday Friday night. Yeah. Well, we're not to live like that. Not from weekend to weekend, and not from holiday to holiday. Amen. I'll be glad when Christmas gets here. I know you will. It's the Lord's birthday. 
Chris will be glad when you get here too. Amen. So we need time to enjoy life. And I'm not talking about planning a big vacation so you can get in debt again. I'm talking about time every day to enjoy life every day. That's what God has planned for us. You don't want to rush from one thing to another, and God doesn't want you to either. Never stopping to worship God or enjoy what him and his creation, what he's made for you to enjoy. Not understanding the things that that are meant for our enjoyment. You know, we, we hear people say things, you know, we think they're crazy, but this is the way people express. It. My cancer was a blessing in disguise. Or I thank God for my cancer, you know. It's, it's sad. It really is because you don't have to thank him for for a stop in your joy in your life. You can have joy every day. And see, it, it you think it took that to make you stop and learn how to enjoy life. All it takes is for you to listen to God without cancer. You understand what I'm saying? But but sometimes people in the world are, are so, like, they get, they realize that if they stop functioning, the world isn't going to go to an, come to an end. And that's really a relief for them. It's liberating to understand truth. But no, the world won't come to an end if you don't work. Let, let me rephrase that. If somebody, in your, you got somebody working, let me put it that way. Or if you don't kill yourself working. You know, you don't have a grind and a hustle and a side hustle and all that crazy stuff. See, those are terms people are thinking up to explain their bondage. Huh? I realized many years ago that, that my soul could not handle a fragmented life. You understand? So I decided to go the way of peace. Now, many people may not think I do much. But I do as much as God tells me to do. Huh? I mean, seriously. And I had to give up doing everything all the time, trying to be everywhere and do everything. I had to give that up in order to find what God really wanted for me. So I wouldn't go back for anything. And then my prayer for other people is that they would find that as well. Because they realize that a life well lived is a life lived in in cooperation and in harmony with God. And that's all that's important. Your your job and, and the trophies they give you or don't give you or, you know, the devil gives and takes away. God only gives. Huh? devil have you riding high on monday and friday you get a pink slip you understand what i'm saying but but i learned how to tough it out and not feel like i wasn't being worthwhile i wasn't worthwhile i wasn't being productive if i wasn't doing what other people or other women thought you were supposed to do with your life you got to understand you got to do what's good for you you know (laughs) I'm an inspired gift, whatever that means. But I do what inspired gifts do. If we have to lay around a lot, then I have several comfortable couches where I can recline myself as I become an inspired gift. 
<laughs> Whatever. You know, I can't explain it. Huh? And I could do more, but I've got to check with God and see if that's on my plate. See, the worst thing you want to be is do it, and, and this is for me, it's not for everybody, but you don't want the anointing to show up in the wrong place at the wrong time. You got me? You don't want to be out of sync. See, this the, the anointing is not mine, it's God's. So whatever he gives me, I'm borrowing it. And it's on my life for as long as he says it is. And when it's not supposed to be somewhere, it's not supposed to be somewhere. If it meant I got kicked out of a church where I really loved being, you know, if it means that it's time for what he's given me to exit that place, I get kicked out. My feelings get hurt in the process. I got to endure it because it can't remain where it's been. So I'd rather be an inspired gift. <laughs> I'm an inspired gift. Huh? You got to know what you are. You get caught up in church growth ministries. and God really never told me to grow nothing. He told me to serve and obey him. He gives the increase. If I'm being obedient and there's no increase, then that's on him. That ain't on me. Now, see, people don't really believe that. You know, people look around and see a lot of empty chairs and say, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I used to live like that. What's wrong, God? What's wrong? How come we don't grow? How come we like? He said, I didn't call you to be like everybody else. He said, I never told you to grow nothing because you can't grow nothing. I don't grow it. It don't grow. So I'm an inspired gift. <laughs> I see half of y'all don't like that. You you think it's some you think it's something wrong somewhere because all these seats ain't filled up. See, until Rona came, <laughs> and see, it's it's not the whole story is not written just yet. Because we haven't had God reveal to us what's really going on. Huh? Just wait till the dust settles. Huh? It's been four years, but I'm still waiting. Because I have nothing to say about anything. Except I feel God tells me to admonish people, open your church. Because he said it in so many different ways. But see, people have gotten comfortable. But see, if if one day Cash App dries up and PayPal dries up, because see, it can happen at any time. Huh? You know, if the electronic dries up, even if the saints wanted to bless the pastor, they don't know where most of them live. They don't have any addresses. And don't have any personal phone numbers. If they want to call you, Pastor, we can't, my cash ain't, me. PayPal ain't working, I want to send some money to you. They don't know how to get in touch with them. As Paul would say, none of these things <laughs> move me. 
Because see, I've I've been I've confronted all these demons. I've confronted every devil there is to confront. See, you think there's something wrong. Maybe God's testing you to see if you're going to continue and hold on. You're called as a watchman. You're going to continue to pray. Or are you going to start looking around and think you need to leave too? See, that's what people get tested on. Now, y'all don't like hearing that from me, but I'm just telling you, I get confronted with it too. Listen, inspired gifts get invitations all the time. Now, I'm messing with you. You know what I'm saying? But, but come on now. We all under the spotlight. And the, the challenge is, are you going to stay focused on what I give you to take care of today? Or are you going to get nervous and go running and think you heard God tell you something else? Just a thought. See, everybody's being challenged and tested. God wants to see what you're going to do in the day of challenge and in the day of adversity. So by daily communing with God, Adam was refreshed from his day's labor. Amen? Every day. He wasn't working by the sweat of his brow because there was no curse, but he worked. Righteousness provides work. Amen? So just as Adam worked when it was just him and God and there was no serpent that he obeyed, now that we're born again, we have work to do too. Amen? And and it's that labor that God rewards us for. That It's that labor that he judges us for. And for most of us, is can you just do what I tell you to do a day at a time? Can you... Can you fight being moved by the world's standards to step out and do something I have not ordained you to do? How are you spending your time? Are you really talking to me about who you are, what you're doing, what you're called to do? Or are you still laboring under the delusion that there's something else you need to be about and he's not satisfied with you? I can tell you one thing that God requires of all of us that pleases him. Raise your hand if you want to. Don't know I'm messing with you. He requires your peace. Now if you're at peace, you're pleasing God. And see, if you get a thought that tells you that's not right, that's the enemy trying to disturb your peace. Well you ain't doing nothing. But the so and so is out doing such and such and such and such. They over at that church, they doing so, and then, and then, and then, and then doing this, and they, and then, hmm? you shouldn't covet what your neighbor is doing. Let your neighbor help himself, huh? Daily encounters with God include instruction and provision for each day. You receive by faith. The provision for each day when you have your encounter with God. And provision meaning whatever it is that God knows you need for that day, he supplies that to you. When we think provision, we always think material things. But you need the strength. You need endurance. You need courage to face some stuff. You know, the Lord set forth an example 
for us as believers, if you, if you think about it, now this pattern that started in the garden with Adam and the Lord, in uh, Matthew 6, if you'll turn there, you see Jesus repeated it. It was kind of subtle because the disciples said, teach us how to pray. Huh? They were, they were kind of coveting what John and his disciples were doing. Amen. And so they wanted what, what John, in other words, Jesus, John's got more than you. His people have more than what you have. Comparing churches. Now, I don't know how many times I've had people come, well, I was watching so-and-so. I said, keep watching them. Huh? But you better know where God called you. Huh? They'll make a suggestion to me what I should be teaching, what I should be saying, and all this kind of stuff. Let's keep watching them. Is that what you lack? He says, uh, he, he said in, in verse Matthew 6, verse 9, After this manner, therefore pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're to worship God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, for a Jew who was familiar with the law, that's an allusion to manna that came down from heaven during the time of miracles. So what Jesus is saying, I'll provide daily miracles for you. Just like we provided manna in the wilderness, you're in this world, but not of it. You live in this wilderness of a world that you live in, but you're not of this world. But you're not going to get comfortable living more than one day at a time. He says, I'm, that's not what I ordained for you. So I'm allowing you to make petition every day for your daily bread. Now, you know that he was also talking about health and wholeness. Amen? Because when he talked to the Syrophoenician woman, he says, it's not right for me to take the children's bread, healing, and give it to dogs, sinners. So when we ask for daily bread, we are asking for our portion of what God has for us on a day-to-day basis, not trying to bank up and store up anything extra other than what God gives. Now, if you believe God is a God of abundance, then you'll always have more than enough for one day. And if God warns you to start saving and tells you to start saving, he may tell you why, but may not he may be just telling you to start saving because it's prudent to save amen or he'll tell you to save and then one day he say, you know that money you've been saving i want you to take and give it to sister so-and-so because she's not working right now Ow! you mean it ain't for me no it's not for you it's kingdom stuff Huh? Because guess what will happen? You keep working and never be laid off. Huh? Or if something should happen to your income, he'll provide for you too. Amen? He says every day ask for no more than your daily bread, whatever it is your portion for that day. Amen? And, And always go to God for giving people. He don't like people just beg for stuff and they hate everybody. They don't get much. Amen. 
well god i would forgive them but you know how them haters did they've been hating me all my car because you ain't likable all your life god's made you likable and wants to enhance that and you won't let him do it crazy So he tells us how to live in prayer every day. So your petition for that day is ask for for the provision that you need. In Matthew 6, drop down to, and we'll start in 2024. No man can serve two masters. That's for people who can't make up their mind if they love God enough to obey him every day. You know, sometimes people go along and and they're being obedient. And then they think, I need a day off. Huh? (laughs) Well, my daughter's having a a shower, and I got to go. I can't go to church today. Yeah. Then want to call me. and Well, y'all know better than call me. Y'all don't call me no more. Want to involve the preacher in your mischief. See, at this point, it's just mischief. Pretty soon, it'll be madness and mayhem because people, when you start uh, start cutting yourself off from God, people don't know how to stop. You think you do, but you don't. I have it on God's authority that people don't know how. See, this is what's called a snare. You know, the best thing you can do is say, God, I need help with commitment. You understand what I'm saying? I think I'm committed to you, but every every year I do less and less for you. And I got excuses, page of excuses. Huh? You don't get a, a, a your mama can't write you a, a note to get you excused from church. Because she didn't write them that you took to school. You wrote them. You still write notes. You naughty girl. You better give me five. Cut it up. Huh? Who going to write you a permission slip to be excused from church? No, if you do that, you're doing it on your own. Be grown and accept responsibility. Huh? If God didn't tell you, well, <clears throat> Ms. Nola, I think, you you know, you've served enough to skip church today. Huh? I think it's something people like. Huh? This is when you get flat-footed and you fight the devil. This is where you put on your combat boots. I don't care if your feet stink from wearing them all day long yesterday. You put them back on and you tell the devil, no, none of these things move me, devil. I am not moved. Amen? I don't care if it is my daughter. She don't want none but some money anyway. Just send her her money, cash app her. 
tell baby i love you but god's calling huh it's because god's calling that you're able to do the things that you do that i respond to him first huh So he tells us, don't take a thought. I mean, don't don't think about it. I'm not going to tell you it's the easiest thing all the time. Sometimes if your mind's not renewed to the answer coming up in your mind right away. For instance, if you, you get a bill in the mail and it's bigger than what you wanted, you thought it was going to be, and you're not sure that you're going to be able to pay it and meet all your other obligations too. If your mind isn't renewed to the fact that this is either a lie or the devil or God's going to take care of it anyway, and you just let it pass through your head, you will grab onto it and try to reason it out, meditate it out, or make sure yourself feel better about it in some way. But at the end of the day, you have to put that thing away under the word of God and make sure that the word of God has taken care of that concern for you. And it's not a concern anymore. These things have to be put away somehow by the wisdom of God. Amen. There are things that we we desperately want from God, but because man has told us something, we don't put that before god you know some things that you desire some things that you think would make your life better would would be all those things we don't put them before god and the answer is right there and what jesus is saying is i i'm giving you answers for these things i'm putting the answers up there where the problem used to reign over your life where the problem used to be the biggest thing right now my answer my provision is the biggest thing in your life so grab for my provision but see you don't know what i i don't care he didn't say he didn't say oh if you give me this little thing i can take care but don't give me nothing big barb he never told me that he said what thing so ever you know how big so ever is i said oh lord did you mean to tell me that he said don't think about what you're gonna eat don't worry i said can't serve two masters take no thought for your life ow who's gonna take care of me we're about to get to that what you shall eat what you shall drink or your body what you shall put on is not your life more he said i want you to get to the more don't focus on the little stuff i want you to get to the more he said your life is about more than that he said the heathens think like that you ain't no heathen no more he said behold the fowls of the air they don't sow they don't reap and they don't gather into barns what is god against work we'll get to that yet your heavenly father feeds them so what that means is god will feed you without labor wait a minute hold it wait uh, uh. how many of y'all grew up in a house 
When you was little, you didn't work for nothing. You ate, didn't you? That's what he's saying here. <laughs> How many? Cut it out. <laughs> two and two. How many of you have had difficult t- times in your adult life where you didn't have a job or you didn't? You ate. You're still here. You didn't drop dead. Or, huh? You have provision. If you'd asked for more, you'd have had more. You know, people say, well, we ate beans and I don't like beans. Still, honey, beans is my friend. I don't resent anything that I ever ate because I had food. And if I'd had sense enough, I'd ask for steak if I didn't like beans. Problem is, you don't have confidence in God to get you steak when you don't have a job. He said, ask anything according to my will. What's his will for you on a food? Whatever you want. Well, see, it ain't good to eat red meat. Give me, give me, I, I think it's real good. I, I think it's real good. Yeah. Any red meat anybody in here don't want? We having it in a few minutes. You, I'll take your burger. Huh? Just tell me you ain't all for that. What, you're vegan? I give you all the mushrooms. No, I got to have mushrooms on mine, too. I give you them red peppers. Stuff that give me indigestion a little bit. But I bless it and throw it down. Amen. See, God doesn't care what you eat. It's what you can believe him for. You know, you hear some ministers say, well, we eat hamburgers. No reason you should have had it. Unless you wanted hamburger. But see, your faith will limit you as to what you can believe God for. I think it makes God look bad. If you want something and you feel like you can't get it and you're scared to ask for it, ask for it. That's how miracles happen. Amen? But he wants us to live a day at a time so that we can understand his provision. He wants you to check in with him. He don't want you running off doing things on your own. He's your master. And he wants us to love us, love him like we love us and love what he loves us. Amen. I've run out of vows. Okay, I'll quit. All right. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for this day. You've made this day for us to rejoice and us to be glad in your provision, your love, your power. Your provision comes out of your great love for us. So we thank you, Lord, for providing. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness thank you for our fellowship today bless our bread and our water take sickness from the midst of us we love you and we honor you lord we bless you and we praise your holy name we thank you lord okay let's do our confession i don't have rona and she don't have me i can't get rona and she can't get me thank you father That by your stripes, I am healed. I am saved. I am delivered. And I am free. And I receive your peace about it. In Jesus' name, amen. It is so decreed and it is so. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Amen.